3: Good Monday morning. A long road to recovery just starting in Mississippi.
4: Yeah, communities now banding together after that historic tornado outbreak. It is March the 27th. This is Today. Total devastation. The death toll rising across the South. More than 25 people killed. Many of the victims in the small town of Rolling Fork, where damage is widespread. But remarkable stories of survival now emerging. I don't really see how...
5: All three of us walked out of this house alive without a scratch.
4: This morning, we'll talk to the mayor of Rolling Fork Live, and Al is tracking another severe weather threat in that region today. Breaking overnight, mass protests erupt across Israel in response to a controversial move by Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. Demonstrators flooding the streets, flights grounded at the nation's main airport. We'll have the very latest. He said she said Gwyneth Paltrow's accuser in that ski crash case set to testify today after the Oscar winner herself took the stand.
6: I feel very sorry for him, but I did not cause the accident.
4: Just ahead when that closely watched trial could be in the hands of the jury. Swift Justice, hundreds of fans suing Ticketmaster over that pre sale fiasco getting their day in court. An inside look at the case that could lead to big changes for other concerts. Those stories plus surprise appearance. Prince Harry arrives at a London court overnight in a star studded privacy lawsuit against a popular British tabloid. We'll take you there live. Today, Monday, March 27th, 2023.
7: From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Cutby, live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza.
4: Well, good morning, good morning, good to see you. Welcome back to Today. Thank you for joining us. It's a Monday, Savannah. Enjoying a well-deserved vacation. Yes. She's taken the week off with her family.
3: But we do want to start this morning with that devastation
4: across the South. A series of
3: tornadoes have killed at least 26 people in Mississippi and Alabama. Many areas experiencing the most destructive storms in decades.
4: And just as the cleanup and recovery efforts are getting underway, more severe weather on the way later on today. The
3: hardest hit community, Rolling Fork, Mississippi, where late Friday a tornado packing winds up to 165 miles per hour tore through the town. It hit so
4: quickly, warning sirens barely had time to go off. Yeah, we're going to have complete coverage including Rolling Forks mayor joining us live. Plus, Al's got the full forecast on where those storms are heading. But we are going to start off with NBC's senior national correspondent Tom Yamas made his way to that devastated community. Hey Tom, good morning.
2: Hey, Hoda, good morning to you. When you arrive here in Rolling Fork, you wonder, how did anyone survive? And that's because some of the scenes that you see here defy logic. We want to show you what we're talking about now. There is destruction everywhere you look, and that's because this EF4 tornado hit this community. And when you talk about an EF4 tornado, you're talking about a weather system that has winds more powerful than a Category 5 hurricane. And so when that monster twister smashed into the small town, this is what's left. Absolutely nothing. The deadliest tornado in Mississippi's history in the last 50 years. This morning, amid piles of destruction and desperation, a growing sense of shock in central Mississippi.
8: I know we can rebuild, but what you do with the devastation, what you do with all the
2: The violent weekend of weather included at least 12 destructive tornadoes ripping through the south in states like Alabama and Georgia this surveillance video showing the force of just one of those twisters as it slammed into a high school. For Mississippi, it's the deadliest tornado outbreak in 50 years, killing dozens, including a young father of three children and his daughter, who was barely two years old. When the EF4 tornado crashed into Rolling Fork, in here, this is where you guys survived. Shea Stamps rushed her four-year-old daughter to this bedroom, taking cover under that mattress as her windows blew out. I don't really
5: see how all three of us walked out of this house alive without a scratch.
2: The killer tornadoes causing a trail of destruction spanning more than 200 miles, leaving thousands without power, launching cars airborne, and obliterating homes and businesses, including this entire business district in Rolling Fork. When people say this town has been wiped off the map, they are not exaggerating. Look at this. You, you, you can't even see anything anymore. You can't even make out cars, which are on top of homes. Everywhere you look, destruction. Mississippi's Governor Tate Reeves describing to me the moment he was told what happened and his first reaction stepping foot in Rolling Fork.
9: It never gets any easier to see damage like this and to see individuals uh, who have lost their friends, lost their family, um, and have lost all of their their personal possessions
2: among the victims 56 year old mary barfield bush her family says she was killed in her bed and this morning many are still wondering how they survived we couldn't believe it we met becky miles as she was cleaning out what was left of her home this single corner where she wrote out the tornado in a bathroom the only part left standing
6: It was so loud. I've never heard anything like this. And my husband was yelling because he was being hit in the head with bricks. And it was so scary. Do you
2: think you stay in this town? Do you think you rebuild?
6: Yes. We're going to stay here. This is a small town, but our heart is so big in this town.
2: A small town with a very big heart. You're looking live now over Rolling Fork this morning. The governor tells me active search and rescue operations have ceased, but they are taking no chances because you see the mountains and the piles of debris here. So there are still uh, searches here. There are still teams here looking for people just in case, but they think they've been able to locate everyone they were looking for so far. One thing I should tell you, volunteers have been working here since Friday night, since the tornado passed through here. We saw them working all through yesterday. And Hoda,
4: I got to tell you, it's an incredible sight. They worked into the night until the rain started again. Back All right, to you. Tom, thank you. Uh, as those rescue teams carry on their work, a federal emergency has been declared to aid in the recovery and the cleanup. And joining us now is Eldridge Walker. He is the mayor of Rolling Fork, Mississippi, half of uh, at least the 26 deaths happened in that community, in that county. Mayor Walker, uh, thank you for being with us this morning. It's hard to put into words what your community is going through. I know that it's a personal community, under 2,000 people, everybody knows each other. Um, How are you uh, helping the residents of that area?
8: Well, good morning and thank you for having us. Uh, What we're doing we're just trying to aid our families who've been misplaced and uh, displaced, I'm sorry. And and we're just trying to do all that we can to comfort them as best we can, in spite of the situation that we're dealing with. Uh, it's sheer devastation here in the city of Rolling Fork, Mississippi. But as one one of the individuals who was talking earlier said, we, we, we we have big hearts. We are a resilient community and we're going to come back. But what's most important is that we take care of our families who are in need right now.
3: Mayor, I, I understand that you're also the uh, the funeral director uh, there in, in town in Rolling Fork as well. As, as you've been talking with some of these families who are grieving loss, wh- what are you telling these families? How are you comforting them?
8: Well, it's... One of the hardest situations that I've ever had to deal with as a funeral director, with the search situation being as it is being the mayor and the funeral director, the only thing I can say to the families to comfort them is that together we can make it through this situation by God's grace and his mercy. We can make it through. So it's sort of tough. But we're going to see this situation through. We're going to see our families through, as we always do, and as I do as a funeral director here.
4: Mayor, did you uh, lose anyone that you knew, any friends?
8: Yes, I've lost several friends, several friends that I'm having to face their families to arrange funeral services and to start the the first phase of closure and the loss of their loved one.
4: And and Mayor, just, just finally, we see the destruction and we hear rebuilding. How do you even go about the process of starting it? I know it's it's very early on, but how do you envision that going forward and what do you need the most at this point?
8: Well, uh, the communities, we're at a total loss of everything, first of all. But how I see coming back, we, we've had, Good folk here in the state of Mississippi who has come to our aid, volunteers from in the state, outside of the state, and most importantly, the governor of Mississippi, our congressmen, our representatives and senators that have been here on ground and they've committed to help this community and having them here was just some reassurance that we're gonna be okay. They've committed to help us and we're gonna work together hand in hand because a family that prays together stays together. And right now, we're a family of this community.
4: Uh, Mayor, thank you so, so much. We really appreciate that. We wish you all the very, very best. That's yes, Rolling Fort, Mayor Eldridge Walker. Thank it is so
3: hard to get your head around oh. the devastation there in Rolling Fort.
4: And you know that, like he was saying, everybody knows each other. Mm-hmm. When you've got 2,000 people, you yep. know every single person on the streets. Yeah. And as we said,
3: the threat of more dangerous weather not over in the South, Al, is tracking those storms for us. And it looks like they are on yeah. the move.
10: Yeah, unfortunately, guys, we've got flood watches, flood warnings today stretching from uh, Alabama on into Georgia with these strong storms already firing up. And we could be looking at rainfall amounts up to an inch to an inch and a half per hour. Plus, we've got the risk of severe weather from Albany to Savannah, Brunswick, damaging hail, a few tornadoes possible. The problem is we got this stationary front that's just going to lay here and these severe storms will continue today. The heaviest rains going to be closest to the Gulf today. But tomorrow, strong storms from New Orleans to Jacksonville, intense rainfall rates may lead to localized flooding upwards of three inches per of per of Locally, three inches of rain from Lake Charles all the way through southern Georgia. So we're going to be watching that very closely. Unfortunately, guys, later this week, we're going to be looking at more severe weather in some of the same Mm -hmm. areas. So we're going to be watching that closely.
4: All right. All right, Al. Thank you. Turning now to that breaking news overnight from the Middle East, a massive wave of protests and strikes breaking out all across Israel amid a controversial push to overhaul the country's judicial system. NBC's chief foreign correspondent Richard Engels on that story for us. Hey, Richard, good morning.
7: Good morning, things have been bubbling over in Israel and then suddenly boiled over overnight. Tens of thousands of people took to the streets, not just in Tel Aviv or in Jerusalem, but nationwide. They blocked some highways, they closed parts of the airport, demonstrations spread to university campuses, and more civil actions are planned. It all goes down to the prime minister, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, Israel's longtime prime minister, who's in power, out of power, now back in power with a right-wing, religiously conservative government, the most religiously conservative government in Israel's history, and one of the government's main agendas right now is to limit the power of the Supreme Court, and that is why all of these people came out onto the streets. They say that it uh, erodes checks and balances and put Israel's democracy at risk. Now, there have been protests in Israel for the last several weeks, but things boiled over over the weekend after Israel's defense minister criticized the plan and then Netanyahu quickly fired him. We will see where this goes over the next several days, but uh, Netanyahu is under a lot of pressure to at least take a pause on his plan.
4: All right, Richard Engel for us there. Richard, thank you. And
3: now to another story that we continue to watch closely here, that New York grand jury investigating Donald Trump. That grand jury expected to meet again today and facing what would be a historic indictment. The former president blasted the case against him during a major campaign rally in Texas over the weekend. NBC's senior Capitol Hill correspondent Garrett Haig once again outside that DA's office here in New York City with the very latest. Garrett, good morning to you.
9: Hey Craig, good morning. And anticipation is only growing here that that grand jury could be on the verge of an historic decision whether to indict a former president. All while that former president continues to step up his attacks against the justice system he says is targeting him unfairly. On a Waco, Texas rally stage, Donald Trump lashing out this weekend at the Democratic District Attorney developing a criminal case against him in New York City.
11: The innocence of people makes No difference whatsoever to these radical left maniacs.
9: Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg has been presenting evidence to a Manhattan grand jury for nearly two months. Expected to reconvene today, the grand jurors could soon decide if there's enough evidence to charge the former president with any crimes related to 2016 hush money payments facilitated by his former fixer-turned-critic Michael Cohen to Stormy Daniels, an adult film star who claims she had an affair with Mr. Trump a decade prior. Mr. Trump denies any affair took place. His attorney denies any crime was committed.
10: This was a personal civil settlement um, that's done every day in New
9: York City. The former president telling NBC News over the weekend he's not frustrated by the investigation.
10: I just did a speech for two hours. I'm not frustrated by anything. It's a
11: fake investigation. We did nothing wrong. Even suggesting it may be over, but providing
9: no evidence.
8: I think they've already dropped the case what I understand. I think it's been dropped.
9: While the grand jury works, the former president warning last week on social media of, quote, potential death and destruction if he's charged and posting last week this now deleted image of himself holding a baseball bat next to an image of Bragg, drawing new condemnation from his own lawyer. I think that was an ill-advised post that one of
10: his social media people put up.
9: The DA has become the target of dozens of direct threats, a senior law enforcement official tells NBC News, including a letter on Friday threatening to kill him, which contained a white powder later determined to be harmless. Bragg emailing staff, quote, safety is our top priority and vowing we will continue to apply the law evenly and fairly. So how does all of this end? If Bragg decides to pursue an indictment, the grand jury will vote. If 12 grand jurors vote against, the matter is dismissed. If 12 vote in favor, an indictment would be drawn up, signed, presented to a judge under seal, and the DA's office would reach out to Mr. Trump's attorneys to try to negotiate a surrender. Only then would a judge unseal the indictment, and we find out what charges, if any, were presented against the former president. Craig, Garrett Higforce here in New York. Garrett, thank you.
10: Hey, uh, so we got some wet snow in northern New England, severe storms again down through the southeast march chill making its way through the plains and this next storm coming in from the west we're going to be watching this very closely talking about it in the next half hour and that is your latest weather guys all right al thank you coming up the gwyneth
4: paltrow ski crash trial entering its second week after the star herself testified kaylee Hartung following that story for us hey kaylee
0: Hey, Hoda, the Oscar winner turned on the charm on the stand. She stayed calm and gave plenty of detail about her experience on the mountain. But today, we expect to hear a very different story from the man who blames Paltrow for the permanent brain damage he says he suffers from. As we head into day five of proceedings, we'll tell you about the big questions facing this jury.
3: Also, another high-profile case heading to court today. We're going to take a closer look at the battle between music fans and Ticketmaster in the wake of that Taylor Swift Pre sale debacle and what it could mean for the future of other concerts. But first, this is today on NBC.
5: When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match
4: We're back now, 730. Wow. A jaw-dropping look at the storm damage in the town of Rolling Fork, Mississippi, there in the Mississippi Delta, after those devastating weekend tornadoes in the south.
3: It was the deadliest outbreak in Mississippi in half a century. The recovery there just beginning. NBC's Maggie Vespa is in another hard-hit community for us. This is Silver City. It's about 30 miles east of Rolling Fork. Maggie, good morning to you.
1: Hey, Craig Hoda, good morning. You guys can see just how absolutely devastated this community is as well. I'll just kind of walk along so you can see, well, frankly, what used to be a house, right? And now it's just a bunch of rubble stepping over a piece of siding there, a bunch of rubble on kind of the outline of a foundation. This looks like it used to be the garage. There's a writing lawnmower in the middle of all that debris. You guys talked about Rolling Pork earlier. That's a community of a couple thousand. Silver City, has about 330 people in it. Of those 330, the coroner told me last night, three passed away in Friday's deadly tornado. That tornado We're now getting the stats as just to how powerful it was. It was on the ground for close to 60 miles, winds topping around 155 miles per hour. The National Weather Service now dubbing it an EF4. Federal officials were on the ground here yesterday looking at scenes of devastation like this to kind of get a feel as to how much federal relief will be needed for the hardest hit communities. This after President Biden declared a federal disaster zone. And again, some of the hardest hit parts of the Deep South. Guys, I'll send it back to you.
3: All right, Maggie Vespa there. us uh, there in Mississippi. Maggie, thank you.
4: Also uh, today, a jury in Utah is expected to hear from the man accusing Gwyneth Paltrow of crashing into him on a ski slope seven years ago, causing what he says were serious and permanent injuries. But Paltrow says he ran into her. NBC's Kaylee Hartung has the very latest. Hey, Kaylee, good morning.
0: Hey, good morning, guys. Terry Sanderson is expected to be the last witness called by his legal team before they rest their case today. And he has not been in the courtroom for the majority of this trial at the advice of doctors. Now he's got to try to convince the jury that Gwyneth Paltrow was lying when she testified under oath. Fans are used to seeing Gwyneth Paltrow on the big screen or the red carpet. But last week, the actress and entrepreneur was on a real-life witness stand in Utah, describing the moment she says a retired optometrist crashed into her on a ski slope seven years ago.
6: I was skiing and two skis came between my skis, forcing my legs apart. And then there was a body pressing against me and there was a very strange grunting noise. Paltrow is being sued by Terry Sanderson,
0: who says she violently slammed into him on a beginner run at the posh Deer Valley Resort, allegedly leaving him with serious injuries, including permanent brain damage. Sanderson watching and listening to the Oscar winner as she repeatedly denied the accusations
6: against her. Well, I feel very sorry for him. It seems like he's had a very difficult life, but I did not cause the accident, so I cannot be at fault for anything that subsequently happened to him.
2: Paltrow was not only well-prepared, she was a good witness. She knew not to get emotional and to speak matter-of-factly with plenty of detail.
0: The 76-year-old is seeking at least $300,000 in damages. The jury also hearing from a neurologist and biomedical engineer who says Sanderson's broken ribs could only have been caused by Paltrow hitting him from behind. Another neuropsychologist who's treated Sanderson, testifying about the impact the collision has had on him. I mean, this has completely changed his life physically, emotionally. Paltrow's you, attorney arguing that Sanderson is exaggerating his injuries, yes, calling the case utter yes. BS. Paltrow is countersuing okay, for $1 the plus the cost of her legal fees and was also asked about what else she lost on that day.
6: He has deterred you from enjoying the rest of what was a very expensive vacation.
0: Well, I lost half a day of skiing paltrow adding that sanderson even acknowledged his fault at the time of the incident
6: i said you skied directly into my effing back and he said oh sorry sorry i'm sorry
0: all right kaylee
4: so now it's his turn to speak what should we look for when sanderson's on the stand
0: Well, Hoda, since Terry Sanderson says that this collision caused him a traumatic brain injury, his legal team is having to walk this really fine line of showing how his particular issues he suffers from now were caused by this accident and changed his life. Today, they have got to establish his credibility. And once they rest their case, the defense gets to work. We expect them to call a ski patroller um, and a ski instructor to the stand, as well as members of Gwyneth Paltrow's family, her husband and her two kids, who we expect will all testify that Terry Sanderson seemed okay after this collision. Hoda?
4: All right, Kaylee hartung us there in Phoenix. Kaylee, thank you. Just ahead here
3: on a Monday morning, breaking overnight, Prince Harry making an unexpected appearance at a London court in a privacy case with far-reaching ramifications. We're going to have live details coming
4: up. But first, Joe Fryer's here with mounting problems for Ticketmaster as fans of Taylor Swift, they're about to get their day in court.
11: Yeah, that hearing is set to take place today in Los Angeles. Fans are even planning to hold a rally outside of the federal courthouse. We'll tell you what it is they hope to get out of this lawsuit
4: coming up. We're back 740 with In-Depth Today. This morning, the escalating drama between Ticketmaster and the fans of Taylor Swift. It's unending.
3: Uh, In the wake of last year's botched presale, a group of Swifties are taking on the ticketing giant and its parent company, Live Nation, In a Los Angeles courtroom today, NBC News now anchor Joe Fryer is here with details on all of it. Joe, good morning. Hey
11: there, good morning. It was four months ago that Ticketmaster fiasco left more than a few Swift fans in tears. Now some of them are finally facing the company in court. This morning, Swifties are set to take on Ticketmaster in federal court. Today's hearing in Los Angeles comes after a failed presale for Taylor Swift's Eras tour left many fans waiting for hours in virtual queues and without tickets. This was a terrible experience. I'm really disappointed. This is the biggest disaster
6: I've ever seen on Ticketmaster. I'm not getting tickets.
11: Now, 340 fans have filed suit against the ticketing giant's parent company Live Nation Entertainment for what they call a ticket sale disaster, alleging several antitrust violations, intentional misrepresentation, and fraud, seeking $2,500 in damages per violation. Swift appeared to address the ticketing fiasco during the opening night of her tour. The case won't be the first time Ticketmaster is in the hot seat. Earlier this year, lawmakers fired up a Swift-inspired Fired grilling for Live Nation CEOs.
9: It's a nightmare dressed like a daydream. Ticketmaster ought to look in the mirror and say, I'm the problem it's me.
11: The company did not respond to our request for comment, but previously denied stifling competition and blamed the blunder in part on unprecedented demand in cyber attacks. Still, upset Swifties say it's time for change.
1: There has to be some regulation on this. There's got to be some sort of change. shouldn't be so hard to purchase tickets.
11: This may just be the beginning of Live Nation's legal battles after Drake fans were displeased by high ticket prices.
6: How are you justifying spending a mortgage on a three, four hour concert? Like, what do you do for a living?
11: Some hit Ticketmaster with a lawsuit of their own, accusing the company of intentionally misleading consumers for its own financial gain. Meanwhile, Ticketmaster is already expected to compensate some of its customers. Earlier this month, the Cure frontman Robert Smith said Ticketmaster would refund fans who were charged what he called unduly high processing fees. Now with Taylor's top fans ready to present their case, the focus will be on the ability of Swifties to sway a judge. I mean, so, Joe, what's, what's the end game here mm-hmm. for, for fans
3: in this case? You mentioned there could be some sort of financial consequence for Ticketmaster.
11: Yeah, there could be, but fans really say it's not so much about the money in this case. They say even they don't really care how long it takes. They just hope this all leads to more regulations to prevent something like this from happening in the future. By the way, they're doing it all with a little youthful flair. Mm-hmm. There were reports mm-hmm. of, of a dance party last night oh. in advance of the hearing, and then there's going to be a rally set outside the courthouse. Okay. How are her concerts going, by the way? They're doing very well. Uh, People yeah. are very excited about them. <laughs>
4: had a feeling that was the case. All right. Thank you, Joe. All right. Thanks, Joe. Uh, 743. Let's head over to Mr. Roker. Check the weather. Hey, Al.
10: Hey, guys. So, uh, yes, on Sunday, uh, we saw since Friday 24 tornado reports stretching across the south. And guess what? Tornado Alley is shifting further to the east since 1979. We've seen a decrease in tornado frequency from Wichita down to San Antonio, but increased tornado frequency for the Mississippi Valley in the southeast, more tornadoes in higher population. Areas. So we're going to be watching that over the next several years. And, in fact, looking at Thursday, 5 million people at risk from Wichita all the way down to Abilene for tornadoes, high wind gusts and hail possible. And an even worse threat for 54 million people on Friday from Burlington down to Little Rock. Chicago's in there. So is Shreveport and Indianapolis as well. And that's your latest weather. All right.
4: Thank you, you look very dapper, Al, with oh, the pockets. It's all happening.
3: Uh, Just ahead here on a Monday morning, some new details on that weekend arrest of a rising Hollywood star, Jonathan Majors, what he is now saying about the troubling allegations he's facing. Coming up in our Money Saving Monday series, we're going to help you cut costs for college, folks, including what you can do right now
10: to start saving. That sounds like a good idea. Also coming up, we're working on a packed pop start, including the can't-miss highlights from Adam Sandler's recent Mark Twain Prize ceremony. We'll have it for you. A lot of funny stuff there.